Hi, I'm Richard, the founder of 10 Adventures, and this is the 10 Adventures podcast. Each week, we talk to real people about real adventures as they explore this incredible planet we all live on. Welcome back to the 10 Adventures podcast. Years ago, I worked with a woman who went on a three-week trip to Sri Lanka. When she got back, she shared her experiences. She had found her favorite place on earth. She talked about the food, the culture, the history, the beauty, the kind people. Within six months, she had quit to move to Sri Lanka. And this isn't the only person who's told me about the wonders of Sri Lanka. I've heard many others share similar opinions, but unfortunately, I've never been. So I'm excited that today we're going to learn more about traveling in Sri Lanka. And we have Dimitri Silva, a senior guide and mentor at Nature Odyssey, a boutique adventure tour operator in Sri Lanka. Hi, Dimitri. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Hi, Richard. I've heard great things about Sri Lanka, but you talk with thousands of guests year after year. What do you think that makes Sri Lanka such a special destination? For its size, if you look at Sri Lanka, it has an area of 65,000 square kilometers, uh, and its uh, biodiversity is amazing. Uh, We have uh, three different uh, uh, elevations, which we call penny plains. We have the, the flat areas, which uh, has uh, four-storied, what we call a four-storied uh, forest, as well as we have rice fields, we have uh, vegetable gardens, we have home gardens, we have farming communities, as well as uh, evergreen uh, forests. And within this uh, flat landscape, which is uh, the majority of the country is flat, uh, we also have a, a rainforest called uh, Singha Raja, which means uh, Lion King uh, Rainforest, uh, which uh, has many endemic species of birds as well as uh, uh, flora. Uh, Then we have also the middle elevations of the island, uh, which is uh, also forested to quite a large extent. And here we have tea. And this is an elevation which starts at about 1,000 meters and ends up... uh, ends up at about 1,500 meters, the uh, middle elevation. And then we have the uh, higher hills, which ends up at about 2,500 meters. So if you look at Sri Lanka's biodiversity, it's a hotspot of the world. Now, if you look at uh, the initial 18 countries that were identified as biodiversity hotspots, Sri Lanka was included uh, in South Asia, as well as the Western Ghats. Uh, Sri Lanka is magic. Uh, as far as its... Uh, greenery, its biodiversity. Every half an hour, I would say, traveling through this country, you would have a different landscape. You would have a different picture uh, from rice fields to home gardens to vegetable gardens to forested areas uh, to winding hills, which takes you up uh, into the middle and the upper elevations of the country, uh, ending up uh, then in one of our largest uh, uh, forested areas, uh, which is called Horton Plains, which is the highest a plateau of the country at an elevation of uh, 2,200 meters. Sri Lanka is also great, a great place to visit because of its ancient culture. Uh, we are talking about a culture of 500 years BC, starting with the advent of uh, Indo-Europeans or from North India. We have this migration uh, and they probably established a Hinduistic, a pre-Hinduistic uh, belief system here, uh, amalgamating the ancient beliefs of the original inhabitants of Sri Lanka. 
Uh, 200 years later, we had the advent of Buddhism and then the first structural temples. This was probably the highlight of the island where we have monasteries which were built. Uh, we have uh, the ancient kingdoms of Anuradhapura as well as Polonnaruwa, uh, an unbroken uh, history uh, starting from the 5th century before Christ where Anuradhapura was the first capital and ending with Polonnaruwa, uh, which was the capital till the 12th century. Then we have the advent of uh, colonial colonial powers like the Portuguese, the Dutch, the British, and all this added uh, to Sri Lanka's uh, diversity. One thing people probably don't realize is that Sri Lanka, you know, is formerly known as, as Ceylon, you know, it's south of India, but it's it's quite different, you know. Can you maybe describe just people that have been to India, how will they find things differently, different in Sri Lanka? I also guide in India, I guide for a German to operate in India, and I do uh, all of the South. Now, if you look at India, what you have in India, you would have to travel 10 hours to get from a, a dry zone vegetation to a forested area in the hills. In Sri Lanka, you need one and a half hours. That would be the difference. Sri Lanka is uh, a, a smaller version, probably, uh, uh, of uh, India. Whereas uh, if you take the south of India itself, uh, you would have to travel probably days uh, to, uh, to, to have a look or to understand or to see the highlights of, uh, of South India, starting from Chennai, Mahabalipuram, etc., and all these temple architectures. Whereas in Sri Lanka, you, know, you can do it uh, within, uh, within a short uh, space of time. So Sri Lanka is greener. It is uh, more, its biodiversity is compact uh, as against uh, India or South India. So you, you've talked about a lot of, you know, incredible sounding places, but for people that are thinking of their first trip, what are some of like the must do's or the most popular things or, or for you as a guide, the places that still bring you wonder when you go there that, you know, should be on people's bucket list? An ideal uh, tour uh, should probably begin in Colombo. Uh, the airport, uh, the main airport in Sri Lanka, which is in Katunayaka, is a short distance away from Colombo. Uh, and ideally, a, an overnight in Colombo and a brief city tour of Colombo. After which, then we should uh, travel towards the ancient uh, cultural sites, which is called the Cultural Triangle in Sri Lanka, where we would uh, visit Anuradhapura, which was the first capital, uh, visit, it, visit its ancient uh, monasteries, temples, as well as uh, its ancient history. Uh, from there, we could uh, also then visit uh, Polonnaruwa, which is the second capital. Uh, then we have this amazing uh, medieval capital, which was an ancient monastery called Sigiria, which is basically a monolith, uh, where a king uh, then is said to have built his palace and governed from there for 14 years. Uh, from there, we would go to the uh, hills in Kandy, Kandy is uh, the most uh, is is the cultural heart of Sri Lanka. Kandy, uh, because of its temple of the tooth relic, uh, the, the uh, a tooth uh, of the Buddha uh, Siddhartha Gautama, the historical Buddha, is said to have been brought to Sri Lanka, and it is now in the temple in Kandy. Uh, from there, we would go then to the higher elevations, Nora Elia, which is an amazing place of interest simply because of its British uh, plantation history, 
where the British uh, loved Noralia. They called it Little England because uh, because of uh, its cooler uh, climate. Uh, and then down uh, towards the southeast coast to the safari park of Yala, for example, uh, and then down towards the beach. So ideally, Sri Lanka should be a two-week visit. We, we should have at least two weeks to visit this uh, amazing uh, island. Uh, and these are the places of interest. But having said that, if those, are, those who are interested in adventure, uh, we could also offer trekking. Sri Lanka is amazing for trekking in all three elevations. Uh, elevations meaning from, from sea level up to 100 meters, 100 meters to 1,100 meters, 1,100 to 2,500 meters. In all these three uh, levels of uh, Sri Lanka, uh, we have uh, trekking uh, possibilities. We have amazing tracks in Sri Lanka. Uh, then we also have uh, diving possibilities here in Sri Lanka. We have some of the most famous diving schools like Paddy, uh, who offer diving courses. Uh, you could also dive in, uh, Sri Lanka has 1,600 meters of coast surrounding it, Indian Ocean, 1,600 meters, uh, sorry, 1,600 kilometers, beg your pardon. Uh, and uh, in most, in, in some of these places, it's possible also to do diving. Uh, there are uh, wrecks, uh, shipwrecks, uh, probably built from the Portuguese era to the Dutch even the wrecks of the Second World War, uh, amazing for snorkeling. Sri Lanka is magic for snorkeling in the south as well as in the east coast. And also one of the highlights of Sri Lanka in recent times has been snorkeling with the blue whales. And uh, this, this has been a highlight in the last few years. Of, of course, it is migratory. Uh, and at times uh, we could have uh, a delay in this. Oh, wow. Uh, as well as uh, we uh, offer various other adventure sports, like we could uh, do jeep safaris uh, in all of the national parks. We have a number of national parks, Yala and Vilpatu being uh, the largest of them. And the Sri Lankan leopard uh, is uh, our largest uh, cat, Sri Lankan leopard. By the way, we do not have tigers. Uh, many people think that uh, the Indian tiger is also uh, in Sri Lanka. We do not have tigers, but we have a beautiful leopard and elephants as well as fish cats and the rusty spotted cat. Uh, we have uh, more than uh, 450 species of bird life, of which 33 are endemic, uh, and uh, more than 150 are then migratory winter visitors. Uh, so for birders, uh, or those who uh, would like to uh, come in for to watch, uh, to, to uh, spot our endemic, Sri Lanka is a great uh, place as well. Uh, yeah, so I, I mean, just imagine within within sixty five thousand square kilometers, right? What you can see here is unbelievable. It sounds incredible. Uh, as you're talking about things, questions came in my head, and I'm going to ask a few of them. So you talked a little bit about the wildlife. You mentioned there was a safari park. Uh, I know a lot of our listeners are really fascinated by the natural world. They like to, you know, go out and and see animals while they're exploring countries. You mentioned the birds as well. But for people that want to see, you know, mammals or, you know, bigger animals, what can they expect to see? And, and uh, you know, what's it like? Is it like going on a safari in Africa or is it or is it different? I don't think we can compare Sri Lanka to Africa. Going on a safari in Africa, uh, the distances are, are huge and vast. And uh, but, but Sri Lanka, for example, Yala. Uh, let me uh, answer this question uh, uh, 
in this way. Uh, there was this client of mine, uh, a couple actually, uh, an English couple. Uh, after after a two-week uh, tour around Sri Lanka, they told me, you know, uh, Dimi, uh, Dimitri, they call, they call me Dimi. Uh, you know, Dimi, uh, what we saw in Sri Lanka was a bit of Europe, uh, a bit of uh, Australia. Uh, we saw a bit of uh, uh, Americas, uh, like South as well as North, and we saw a bit of Africa. That is, that is Sri Lanka's biodiversity. In Yala, for example, Yala is, is, is a dry zone vegetation, uh, which is quite similar to uh, certain parts of Africa, I would say, as well as Vilpatu. Those are our two great national parks. Uh, and then the safari would be in Jeeps, like in Africa. Uh, and what we would uh, try to do is to spot elephants as well as uh, leopards. And uh, luckily, if you're lucky, then uh, our, our uh, smaller cats as well. Uh, and what's great about Yala and Vilpatu is its, uh, its lakes. Vilpatu, for example, it, it is a great, has a number of great lakes. So it, it is uh, basically a jeep safari. And uh, we have another park called Udawalawe, which is great for elephants. Uh, as well as uh, for leopard, although leopards there are a bit scarce. Uh, yeah, and a number of other smaller parks as well. It sounds wonderful. And, uh, you know, I've actually heard birders talk about Sri Lanka as one of the places they go to. You mentioned that earlier. And, uh, yeah, it's just people are chasing species they can only see in one place. It's a, a huge thrill to find, you know, dozens of species that aren't anywhere else to go there and actually see them in the wild. If we were to track in the lowlands, uh, it would be... It would be trekking through villages. Now, now Sri Lanka in the in the low country, you wouldn't believe this. Sri Lanka has more than thirty thousand tanks, which the, what the British termed as tanks, what we call vava. Uh, these are basically uh, reservoirs, and this ancient reservoir system uh, was initiated by Sri Lanka's ancient kings, starting probably from the fifth century before before Christ. Uh, now, walking through these dry zone villages in the lowlands, uh, you would walk through these tanks. These tanks, which is basically water, which is uh, rain-fed as well as uh, uh, fed from or cascaded from, from rivers, uh, sees to it that this dry zone vegetation remains green throughout the year. Now, trekking uh, is not only uh, to see wildlife or through forested areas, but also through villages where we could uh, pause, have a have a break for tea, where uh, a villager would probably make us uh, a cup of uh, good Ceylon tea, probably with a bit of ginger in it. And this is also a part of our sustainable tourism, whereby we incorporate uh, our local population uh, into tourism. Uh, and we are also what we do is that we also take a, a local. Uh, we would also take a local villager with us, and we, he would then uh, talk about his life in Sinhalese or in Tamil, which are the two official languages of Sri Lanka. And then we would translate that in English then to our group. So that is lowland tracking. Now middle elevation tracking would be through uh, tea plantations. Now what we have developed recently in Sri Lanka is what we call Pico Trails, Peco Trails. Peco is the, is the name of the tea leaf. And we have identified 300 kilometers of trekking uh, in, in, in the hills of Sri Lanka. Uh, so we could incorporate the middle elevation. That would be a day 
where we would then track through uh, vegetable plant uh, gardens as well as tea plantations. Now here we would then uh, be talking with families uh, in the vegetable gardens. Uh, the British brought in the potatoes, the carrots, the leeks, etc. to Sri Lanka. So that is very popular in the middle uh, hills of Sri Lanka. And then if we were to track in, in the upper uh, elevation of Sri Lanka, that would be Horton Plains. And that is serene and majestic. That is quiet. That you would do that early in the morning and that is nature pure. Uh, where would have, you would have a brilliant sunrise. But having said that, together with interaction with villagers, we could also have uh, trekking in our rainforest, Singharaja, which is one of the largest, in, the largest in the country, more than 11,000 hectares, uh, also sustain, sustainability projects uh, uh, from uh, Nature Odyssey uh, is being done there. And in, in Singharaja rain, uh, rainforest trekking would be then purely with nature. Uh, like Sri Lanka has, uh, uh, I think our biodiversity is so amazing that we have something like 25% uh, of our flora is endemic uh, to Sri Lanka. In, in Singharaja, it's even more. Uh, the, this uh, uh, lion, uh, lion king forest, uh, endemic forest of Sri Lanka. So tracking is diverse in Sri Lanka. Like everything is diverse in Sri Lanka. <laughs> yeah, and I thought everything. There's just so much to see. It's it's you know, you talked about sustainability and to be able to see so much without having to take a flight between destinations or spend fourteen hours on the road, you can see just how sustainable it is to have a have a holiday in, in Sri Lanka. Um, in terms of these trekking trips, what are the accommodations like at the end of the night? I know this is for a lot of people, this is one of their biggest concerns of going to a country that's, you know, not fully developed, not a Western country. Is always worried, like, where am I going to stay each night? Uh, I always try and tell them the highlight is staying in these family-run inns or these family-run guest houses because you get to experience the real country and meet the real people. But what can they expect in Sri Lanka? Sri Lanka's tourism goes back to the mid-1970s, where Sri Lanka started tourism. We have an incredible infrastructure. So whatever a client needs... Whatever they wish, either with uh, with a family, or with a middle class hotel, or a high end hotel, all that is possible. Uh, obviously, uh, those who wish to interact uh, with uh, Sri Lanka and get to know its people, then uh, middle class uh, accommodation in uh, uh, in uh, family uh, guest houses is possible. Uh, and then we have our middle class hotels. No, no, no. Let's take a track. Let's take, for example, we do uh, uh, we do about uh, 10 kilometers and then we come to a certain point where it's forested. Then what we would do is we would get uh, our vehicles or our jeeps to pick, pick up uh, the clients and then we would drive uh, to the uh, to the accommodation. So it's, it's, uh, it depends on the client. Uh, we have beautiful uh, middle class hotels in the hills, for example as well as in the low country, as well as in the high country, overlooking reservoirs, overlooking uh, uh, overlooking a panorama view, for example. So all that is possible, yes. Uh, you, you talked earlier about, you know, the abundant uh, farms and all the stuff, you know, it's, it sounds like a Garden of Eden in terms of how uh, how food can grow. But what can people expect in terms of the food of Sri Lanka? Is it going to be familiar, similar to what they'd find in Southern India, or is it a, a totally different uh, culinary experience? Southern India itself has got so many different uh, culinary uh, 
experiences like Kerala would have different food, Tamil Nadu will have different food, and Sri Lanka also has it has different food. So we, the great thing about Sri Lanka is that we have our Sinhalese and our Tamils. Now Sinhalese and Tamils are the predominant ethnic groups of Sri Lanka, and each has their own culinary uh, expertise. Uh, the Sinhalese like their food very spicy. We love our chili, and uh, we. <laughs> but obviously, for tourism, we have great chefs who do not make this food so spicy, right? But still, uh, chili is not the only spice that we use. We use uh, various other herbs and spices as well in our curries. So, Sri Lanka's uh, rice and curry is our, uh, I would say, our magic <laughs> on, on, on the table. Uh, curry doesn't mean to say uh, the, the spice curry itself. It is different curries. It could be vegetables, it could be fish, it could be meat or chicken, whatever you like. Uh, now, in, if you were to go to the north of Sri Lanka, then you would have a more of a South Indian uh, culinary experience with the doses, with the masalas. Yes. Uh, and then what we also have is the influence of, uh, of uh, our uh, Muslim population uh, with its biryanis which is famous uh, in North India as well. Uh, so it's, it's diverse there as well, yeah. Everything, it's just, there's so much variety. It's, it's incredible. To, every, everything you think about, it's like, well, there's, you know, no matter what you want, you can, you can find it in Sri Lanka. Yes, and I forgot to mention the, uh, the colonial experience. Uh, because of uh, the colonials, uh, we have the Portuguese, the Dutch, and the British uh, coming here. And, and through uh, uh, intermarriage or through them having their mistresses, if you know what I mean. Uh, so we have this uh, population called the Burgers, which is a Euro-Asian mix. I am one of them. Uh, and, and we have then uh, a, a culinary experience there as well, uh, where, where the Europeans who were here, or the, uh, the generations after that, they used, they, they, they used Sri Lankan or Sinhalese or Tamil uh, culinary experiences together with uh, European. And they made some interesting uh, dishes as well. Yeah. One is called lamprai. What's that? Lampra is uh, a rice, which is, it's a stock. You have to prepare the stock. And then it is prepared in a banana leaf. And it should ideally be kept overnight and steamed and served uh, with, with chicken, egg, vegetables, cashew nuts, peanuts. You know, it, it, it's, it's such a variety. It's, it's an incredible dish. I just had dinner, but I'm actually hungry thinking of all this great food. So what are the best times of the year to go to Sri Lanka? You know, there's so much diversity. Are there times of the year where it's really good to go and other times where it isn't? Sri Lanka, or like we say, we used to call it Ceylon, is never out of season. If you look at, you know, Sri Lanka is like my hand. If you, if you were to, clients were to lift their hands up, Sri Lanka is like, uh, like a mango, uh, you could also say. And, and we have two monsoons. One is called the Southwest and the other is called the Northeast. Now, during the Southwest monsoon, if you want to do a round trip, you can do a round trip. And then if you want to uh, have a small uh, holiday on the beach, you go to the East. You go to Trincomalee. Amazing. Trincomalee is one of the most amazing beach areas, Milavali, uh, as well as further up towards the North from uh, Trincomalee. There are beautiful beaches. Uh, then, during the northeast monsoon, uh, if you you can still do your round trip, and then go to the southwest, where there is no monsoon, right? So so Sri Lanka is never out of season, uh, but 
what has happened uh, lately is that because of uh, Europe's winter season, we have uh, more tourists, more visitors coming in uh, during the European winter season, which is uh, also your winter season, I believe. Yeah, no, it's the same here in here in Canada. It's it's quite a lot colder here than it is in uh, in Europe. Uh, I actually I was I was interested. So uh, I used to live in the UK, and I remember people would go to Sri Lanka for you know seven or ten days. Um, you know, they kind of do it like, you know, it's a week break in winter or 10 day break in winter, but coming from North America, where it's such a, you know, much longer journey, usually with a stopover in Frankfurt or Amsterdam or London, what do you think is the shortest time people should allocate for their first trip to Sri Lanka? And then, you know, with everything you've said, it seems like, you know, longer is better just to get a feel of, you know, trekking and beaches and food and culture and history. But you know, what do you what do you what do you suggest for people coming from North America for the optimal time for their first trip? I would say a fortnight. Of course, you could do it in ten days as well. You could have a ten day trip, uh, but ideally a fortnight. Uh, within a fortnight, you uh, a visitor would have a, a good idea uh, of Sri Lanka. Yes, at least a fortnight coming from so far. And, and when you have people who this is their first time to Sri Lanka, you mentioned your one you know group of guests who were you know amazed by it. But what other things do you hear from people like after their first trip? Are they surprised? Do they expect the diversity? Does it, does it overwhelm them even when they see it? It's, they, they are overwhelmed. Although uh, those who have not visited Sri Lanka before, although they have read about it, they have seen uh, probably some videos about Sri Lanka or seen a film or YouTube, whatever. The moment they come here and see this and have this live experience of this amazing country, they are overwhelmed. And you wouldn't believe it. The, the, the repeaters that we have in Sri Lanka is high. We have one of the highest repeater uh, uh, tourist numbers of the world, I think, I believe. Yeah. Or, or, or not the world, a bigger pardon, uh, South Asia. Yes. As I said, I used to work with a woman and she went for, I think she went over Christmas one year and she came back and. She just talked about Sri Lanka all the time. And then she said, I quit. I'm moving to Sri Lanka. And she just like, you know, to fall in love with the country, to, you know, to quit a, a job. She went there not, I think she was going to work in a hostel or something. She just had to get back and spend more than the three weeks she'd been there. And I don't know many other places where people disrupt their life back home because they've got to go back there so soon. So for me, that's always been, okay, this is a, a pretty serious pay, uh, place. There's got to be something special in, in Sri Lanka. Yes, yes, it is, yes. So with all these places you've mentioned, is there a favorite place for you that, you know, when you when you realize you're going to be guiding a group there, it always, you know, excites you to go back? Ooh. <laughs> Sri Lanka is so great. There are so many places I love. Uh, for me, one of the uh, uh, most... Uh, I, I'm a quiet type of guy, you know, uh, uh, in many ways. And... Uh, for me, meditation is uh, a meditative landscape. For me, is very attractive. I find it very attractive. Uh, and, and and in Sri Lanka, we have uh, places uh, where, which is out of the tourist route. Uh, and one of the places I love to be is Mihin Thale. Mihin Thale is where Buddhism started, uh, or where uh, a monk uh, met a king of the Anuradhapura period and explained about Buddhism. Uh, so Mihintale is one of my favorite places. I love to visit visit it early in the morning. 
uh, to see the sunrise on top of this rock, which is about 150 meters high, and be in a sort of a meditative, uh, silent uh, uh, sort of phase, you know? Yes. Yeah. Mihintali is one of my favorite places. Yeah. You know, there's something powerful when you have, you know, just yourself and nature. I get something similar in the Canadian Rockies where, you know, seeing the sunset or the sunrise and there's no one around. It just, I don't know. It's like, it's hard to describe, but it just makes the whole body feel good, doesn't it? Oh, yes, it does. It does. Yes. We have quite a number of play, quite, a, quite a number of monasteries or ancient religious sites, Buddhism as well as Hinduism. Uh in Sri Lanka, where you have this uh, peace of mind together with nature, because most of these monasteries and, and temples uh, were built in areas where there's a lot of green, you know, a lot of nature, and it still is so. Well, Dimitri, uh, I want to thank you for coming on the show today. You've shared an absolute abundance of information about Sri Lanka. You've, you know, excited me about the about the country and all the uh, opportunities to go there. And I was just thinking, oh, go trekking for five or six days, explore some some history and culture, and then just go to the beach and, you know, enjoy snorkeling and relaxing. And uh, I just want to thank you for sharing all your expertise. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Could I add something on? Definitely. Right. Sri Lanka is, is, is very exciting today. Uh, we have gone through uh, quite a bit of crises, as uh, people would know. All you have to do is read about it. And, and Sri Lanka is exciting with, in, in this modern day and age with our collective identities, uh, which, uh, which is great. Uh, now, if you look at, look at uh, the Sinhalese, which are, who are predominantly Buddhist, uh, the Sri Lankan Tamils, who are predominantly Hindu, uh, as well as Muslims, as well as uh, Christians, through the influence of colonial powers. Uh, in the last uh, 10 years or so, uh, this collective identity of Sri Lanka has been growing where a Sri Lankan identity uh, is, is developing within the younger generation. And this is so beautiful to watch, so beautiful to see. Uh, and I have uh, got this feedback uh, from the groups that I have been guiding uh, in the last number of years. So our collective identity is something that we are promoting uh, through our uh, travel agencies, through our universities, through our schools, and through social media. Well, that sounds uh, fantastic, Dimitri. Uh, and yet more uh, interesting information about the country of Sri Lanka. And again, thank you for coming on the show to share all your knowledge. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. An honor to be on this show. Uh, and it's an honor to have you. Honestly, you have so much great information. Uh, I'm going to put some links to some of the places Dimitri was talking about in the show notes. Uh, there's some great photos there and you can get an idea about how uh, different itineraries might be able to take you to experience different parts of Sri Lanka. And with that, thanks for listening to this episode of the 10 Adventures podcast. We'll be back next week to explore the world and hear about more epic adventures. Listen to other episodes of the 10 Adventures podcast on Amazon Music at amazon.com slash 10 adventures.